So before we get started this morning, I think it's a good idea to pray. And I like what Pastor David did. Uh, he had the same idea that I, that I have right now, is that I want to honor Pastor Walt and Miss Joanne. So we're going to pray for them this morning, because you don't understand um, what the, the weight that's on his shoulder. Now, it's not a bad thing. God called him to this, so he's got a grace to do it. But here's the deal. He oversees this church here. He oversees the church in Arlington. There's, we've got schools in four different cities, campuses all over the place. Those are just the things we know about, you know? Um, he, he's involved in missions. He's got pastors that he mentors. He's got all kinds of stuff going on. So right now, extend your hand toward this amazing couple, and let's pray blessings over it. So Father God, we pray and ask you to extend your hand of blessing and protection upon Pastor Walt and Miss Joanne and their entire family, their entire clan. God, I thank you for the things that you've called them to, that you've given him the grace and the anointing to do those things. I thank you for strengthening them with all might according to your glorious power in their inner man. They are the head, they're not the tail. They're first, they're not last. They're blessed going in, blessed coming out. I thank you that you surround them with your favor and it's just like a shield. And every weapon that rises up against them, they shall condemn. Hallelujah. We call them blessed in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Woo. Glory to God. I'm excited to be here this morning. Let me set up my props real quick. We won't need this. We just need the sword. Isn't that cool? I love it. Set this over here. And... Uh, what does he have in the bag? There's no telling. A rock and some seeds. Hopefully that'll all stay in place. Now let's move this over here. Are you excited this morning? We've been in this series talking about recovery. Recovery kit. Recovery kit. Why in the heck would you need a recovery kit? Well, if you're recovering from something, right? You know, I, I Googled that on the internet, recovery kit. The only thing that came up was this recovery kit for people that have four by four or what do you call four wheelers? Because apparently they get them stuck all the time in the ditch or the mud, and so they have these recovery kits and, and things like that to get them out. But as I was praying about this message and meditating about it, hopefully that won't fall off there, um, God showed me that He's already provided a recovery kit for us, and the Bible is our recovery kit. It says in Psalm 107, I believe, that God sent his word. God sent his word. He gave us a recovery kit. So if you brought your word with you this morning, the Bible, hold it up. If, whether it's printed form, whether it's digital form, hold it up. Wave it at the devil. Make him mad. Amen. Hallelujah. This is the word of God. I'm going to plant it in my heart this morning. Amen. I'm going to receive the engrafted word of God. It's going to change my life. It's going to change your life. Turn to 1 Samuel chapter 30. That might take you a minute. 1 Samuel chapter 30. There's a story in here about King David. And King David, you know, had his mighty men, and they had gone out, and they were going to try to uh, fight with the Philistine army. But the Philistine king said, hey, we don't want David fighting with us. He might turn against us. They said, go on home. It's going on home. So it took them about three days, and they, they headed back to Ziklag. That's where their house was, their home was. And it says in uh, 
Chapter 30, it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag had smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken the women captives. Um, they slew not anybody, either great or small, but carried them all away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city and behold, it was burned with fire and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives were taken. And verse 6, And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. So, Father, I thank you for bringing to my remembrance every scripture, every illustration that you'd have me share this morning. I say only what you want me to say, nothing more, nothing less, in Jesus' name, amen. Can you imagine coming back to your home and seeing smoke rising up? The house is burned. Your wife's gone. The kids are gone. Now, some of you might go to the bank and plan a trip to, you know, Europe or something. That was a joke. <laughs> but you'd be pretty distressed, wouldn't you? I can't even imagine. One translation in here says that they cried so much that they couldn't cry anymore. I can't imagine that amount of bitterness of soul. They were grieved. David was distressed. I can only imagine that because the, the people spoke of stoning him. So today we're going to talk about three things. We're going to talk about, if you're taking notes, we're going to talk about the stone. We're going to talk about the seed. And we're going to talk about the sword. The stone, the seed, and the sword. Now, one translation, the Berkeley version, modern language, says this. When it says that the, the, the soul of the people were grieved, it says this. All the people were in an ugly mood. I love that translation. All the people were in an ugly mood. Now, I don't know where you've been for the last six months, but it's as if we arrived at Ziklag. People have lost jobs, they've lost income, they've lost family members, they've lost peace of mind. Fear has come. Things have been lost, things have been stolen. And I don't know about you, but I've seen more than a few people that were in an ugly mood. Like after those first three months and we got to go back on the road, people were driving, I thought, where the heck did these people come from? They drive like crazy people. They forgot how to drive. But they were in an ugly mood. And because they were in an ugly mood, they let their emotions get the best of them. You know, emotions are not a bad thing. God gave us feelings. It's when we let them lead us and guide us that we get into trouble. But David's men let their emotions lead them, and they were in an ugly mood, David. Oh, David. <laughs> my wife's gone. My kids are gone. My house is burned. I'll tell you what. Can you just picture that situation? How many of us over the last six months have gotten ourselves or allowed ourselves to get into an ugly mood and we've picked up stones? Boy, I'll tell you what, that governor of Texas <laughs> making me wear a mask. Shut down the bars and the restaurants. Don't raise your hands. <laughs> but how many of us have done that? picked up a stone because we were just in an ugly mood. I'm tired of this COVID-19. I've lost 
money, I've lost resources, I don't get to hang out with my friends. And we're so quick to pick up stones and cast them. Hallelujah. We pick up stones. You know, throwing stones doesn't really solve anything, does it? I mean, think about it. You know, you hit somebody. If they'd killed David, then what would they do? They'd really be in a pickle because they just would have bumped off their leader. Just because you throw a stone through a window doesn't really make you feel that much better, right? Throwing stones doesn't really solve anything. So let's move on to the situation that will solve things. There was two things happening here. David's men and David, they were crying so much and they were grieved so much and the men, they were in an ugly mood and they were going to stone David. But David didn't react that way. He could have said, well, if you're going to get stones, I'm going to get stones. I'm going to make this fight equal. But he didn't do that. It says that he encouraged himself in the Lord. Now, I looked up that word encourage in the Hebrew. You know what it means? It means to take hold of and to strengthen yourself. David took hold of the Word of God, and the Word of God is likened to seed. We're going to look at that here in just a minute. The Word of God is likened to seed. And we know that David was a worshiper. I mean, you read through the Bible, he was out there with the sheep all by himself, looking at the stars, enjoying nature and the smell of the sheep, and he had a stringed instrument. And, and you know, being a good Jewish guy, I'm sure he learned the first five books of the Bible. He had the Word of God as far as he knew it. Amen? And it says that he took hold, instead of taking a hold of the rock, he took hold of the Word of God and strengthened himself with the Word of God. Again, if you have a Bible, turn to the book of Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. Jesus is telling this story, uh, a parable, about the sower and the seed. In Luke chapter 8, in verse 11, he's explaining it to his disciples because they said, hey, what does this mean? And he said, now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The seed is the word of God. A seed is a little bitty thing, right? I mean, there's some big seeds in the world, but most seeds are pretty small. But he says the seed is the word of God, and he talks about how some of it was sown on the rocks, some in the thorns, and different things like that. But it says this in verse 15. But that that was sown on good ground are they which in an honest and a good heart, having heard the word, keep it, and bring it forth with patience. Now, I believe David, when he was spending time out there with the Lord, you know, he's singing unto the Lord, he's singing the word of God back to God, he's speaking the word of God over his situations. I mean, you can read through the books of Psalms and you get a picture of what David was going through. But we know that the seed is the word of God, and the word of God needs to get in our hearts. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20, and 21, Proverbs 4, 20, 21, if you want to write that down, if you're taking notes. It says, attend unto my word. Attend unto my word. That means you need to take hold of it, amen? Let me get there in a second there. 
My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. Psalm 119, I think it's verse 11, the psalmist wrote this. I've hidden your word, where? In my closet. I've hidden your word in the trunk of my car. I've hidden your word in my back pocket. No, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you, O God. I think David was the kind of man that took hold of the word of God. He was in some rough situations, you know. He killed a bear. He killed a lion with his own hands, his bare hands. He, he killed Goliath. But he always took hold of the word of God. He didn't bend down and pick up a stone and cast it at a situation, even though he might have been in an ugly mood, because that's the temptation, is to pick up the stone. It'll sure make me feel better. Y'all looking at me like, oh, we don't ever do that. But David took hold of the word of God, made sure he had it in his heart. Why is that? I think Pastor Walt said this a couple of weeks ago. You need to take time to read the Word of God, meditate on the Word of God, study the Word of God, get it into your heart when you don't need it so that when you do need it, it will be there. I don't know if you've ever taken a sponge. Whatever you stick a sponge in, whether it's to soak up milk that's been spilled or water or apple juice or whatever, when that sponge is full, when you squeeze it, what happens? Whatever it's full of comes out. And I don't know about you, but the last six months, being under this COVID-19, we need to recover some things that have been lost and stolen. Amen? We need to recover some things. And I don't think I shared this scripture uh, in 1 Samuel chapter 30, so I'll, I'll digress here for a second. We read about how the men cried and everything, and that they, they were going to stone David, and David encouraged himself in the Lord. But what David did after he encouraged himself in the Lord... He inquired of the Lord and said, should I pursue them, those Amalekites? And God said, you better pursue them. Pursue them without fail and recover all. And if you read the rest of the story, David, it says, recovered all. And again, I go back to say this. There are some things that you've lost, some things that have been stolen from you. And the temptation is to bend down, pick up the rock because you got in an ugly mood and cast it at the television, the nightly news, or this person or that boss or whoever. But God wants you to take his word, put it into your heart. And there's a reason for that. If you really want to truly recover the things that you've lost, the things that have been stolen from you the last six months. And I'll just say this. You know, in my time of praying over the last several weeks, I just sensed in the spirit I saw like God blowing this wind and just blowing this whole thing away, cleaning the air of it. And I believe God's doing that, amen? Things are getting turned around. So the seed is the word of God. You've got to attend to God's word. You've got to hide God's word in your heart. Because Luke chapter 6, verse 45 says this, Luke 6, 45 Jesus is talking to the, the Pharisees and the disciples, and he said, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. Whatever you've been spending time looking at, listening to, feeding upon, it's going to get down in your heart. And when the pressure and the trials of life come, and you're tempted to have an ugly mood, <laughs> you can either respond by picking up a rock and casting that rock and throwing it at your problem or your situation, 
or if you've been taking time to hide God's word in your heart, when the pressure and the trials come on you, then out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. Well, God, I just don't know how we're going to pay our bills this month. Well, you know what? Philippians 4, 19 says that my God shall supply all of my needs according to Bank of America. Is that what it says? My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. According to God's standard, God can get things to you, whether it's a diamond to put in the offering plate or you need $500. Whatever you need, God can get it to you. But you have to find scripture to stand on, amen? And that means you've got to take time to read the word of God on a regular basis, meditate upon it, study it, get it into your heart when you don't need it so that when you do need it, it'll be there. It's the word of God in your heart. Which leads me to the next point, the sword. In Ephesians chapter 6, it talks about standing. And after you've done all to stand. And it says take the helmet of salvation, the shield of faith, and all these different things. The last thing it lists in there, it says, and the sword of the spirit. Woo-hoo, I knew we were going to get to the sword. I'll try not to swing it. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. I love that. That analogy. That God's Word is like a seed that we plant in our hearts. But out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And in Revelations chapter 1, I think it's around verse 17, John has this vision of Jesus and sees him. And he says, his eyes were like flames of fire. His hair was as white as wool, and out of his mouth came a sharp, two-edged sword. Do you realize that when you and I have the Word of God hidden in our heart, and we begin to release it and speak it out in faith, that it's like a sharp, two-edged sword? The devil says, what are you going to do now? Na, 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 na. How are you going to pay the rent this month? Don't argue with him. Just whip out the Word the sword of the Spirit, and say, my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. Psalm 5, verse 12 says, God surrounds the righteous with his favor, and it's just like a shield. When I pick up the phone and call for an interview, I'm going to have favor. I'm going to get that job. Is this making any sense? Or is this too deep? This is real basic stuff. But so many times we're tempted to be in an ugly mood and pick up the stone. Man, it'll sure make me feel a lot better. If I could just throw one. But which one do you think is more effective? The stone or the sword? I think the sword is a lot more effective. Amen? The sword, the spirit, the word of God in your mouth. Now, my wife and I were having coffee this morning. We were talking about the message and thinking about some things. And it's amazing how even though you can go to Bible college, you can get trained, you can spend years studying the word of God, but it's amazing how we get duped by the enemy sometimes. We spend a lot of time in our head thinking about things. Thinking about the Word of God. 
thinking it through, thinking I'm going to say this scripture. And then you realize that you failed to actually open your mouth and release the word of God out. Because until you release the word of God and speak it, it's not much that's really going to happen. How many of us have been sitting silent because we've been in an ugly mood the last six months? Fuming in front of the TV. Go ahead and clap. It's good. Fuming because of this political party or that political party or because they make me wear a mask or because I got to wash my hands or sanitize my hands before I can go into this business or, or because this person lost their job or this p- person got tested positive for COVID. All these negative things that could put you in an ugly mood. And I'm not denying that they didn't happen. They actually happened. But it's how I respond to it. David encouraged himself in the Lord. I'm here to tell you, you have to encourage yourself in the Lord because sometimes there ain't nobody else going to do it for you. That means I got to get the seed of the Word of God. I got to feed upon the Word of God. And then when the situation arises, I need to open my mouth and bless God, I need to say something to the devil. You can speak over your situation. It will turn things around. And here's the cool thing. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. By me standing up and speaking over my situation, I'm doing it by faith. Because in the natural, thinking, man, I don't know how you're going to pay those bills. I don't know about you, but I had to replace a roof. And I forgot how many cars have dents. We just got our car back after seven weeks. And I'm thinking, where's the money going to come from? Sure, we got insurance, but, you know, there's all those deductibles and stuff like that. Yeah, I could stand there and get in an ugly mood about it. Or I can speak the word of God over the situation. God, I thank you that you have my best interest in your heart, that you are perfecting those things that concern me. I thank you that you are leading me and guiding me by your Holy Spirit. I'll know which dent removal place to go to. I'll know who to go talk to. I speak those words out in faith because I've taken time to plant the word of God in my heart. So I don't know what you've been facing over the last six months, but I'm here to tell you, don't allow yourself to get in an ugly mood. You're going to be tempted to pick up those stones. Don't do it. Instead, pick up the word of God. And you may have to make yourself do it because you know what? You don't always feel like doing it. I don't know about you, but I don't always feel like doing it. But here's the cool thing about seeds and the planting and speaking the word over your situation. Nothing really grows until a demand has been placed upon it. I can have these seeds in this jar for years. I've done that. I had an acorn that I kept on my dresser because I, I knew that principle. And I thought, well, I'm going to keep this acorn. See, many years ago. It, it never changed. It always looked the same year after year after year. And it never changed until I put a demand on it by planting it in the ground and watering it. But here's the cool thing about, well, maybe it's not cool. The thing about demands on your life is that it's uncomfortable. And there's pain involved. You think about the guys that go work out at the gym, those bodybuilders. You think they got to look like that overnight? I know I kind of resemble them, right? (laughs) No! 
It is painful. They put a demand on their muscles. It, it's uncomfortable. There's a lot of sweat, a lot of blood. I dropped a 20-pound weight on my finger yesterday. It's pain. And so you may be going through some things, but it says in the book of James chapter 1, count it all joy when you go through, when you face various trials, tests, temptations. Well, that just seems contrary to my mind. I want to pick up a rock and hit somebody with it. But that's not the way of God. That's the way of the world. The way of God is you count it all joy when you're going through those situations. I mean, I had painters that cheated me. I had roofers that didn't do me right. had the repair guy that didn't do me right, right on the car. I could pick up the stone and chunk it at anybody and feel a lot better. I could be in an ugly mood. I could allow myself to go there. But growth only happens when there's a demand placed upon you. And the demand, is, the demand is this, that when you don't feel like it, you take the word of God and say, God, what do you say about this situation? And the Bible says love covers a multitude of sins. So every single one of those people, I said, Father, I forgive them. I ask you to forgive them. Lord, I speak blessings over them. I pray that they'd walk in the fullness of every good thing that you have in store for them. I chose to walk in love. And you know what? I came out smelling okay. It's terrible when you go through a situation, you come out on the other side and you smell like smoke because you got your honey burn. We can say that in church, can't we? It's uncomfortable when you're in those tests and those trials. There is discomfort, there is pain involved, but David encouraged himself in the Lord, and I'm here to encourage you. That's what you're going to have to do. That's what I have to do. If you want to see positive results, if you want to recover all, because God is well able to meet your needs. Whatever you lost, God can get it back to you. You know, Job lost everything. Read the book of Job. It's not real exciting, but he lost everything. But he kept his heart right. It's all about his integrity. He kept his heart right, kept the integrity there. And he not only recovered all, but I think he ended up with twice as much in the end. And so the choice is you can pick up the stone, make yourself feel better temporarily, break a window, hit somebody upside the head. I don't recommend that. And that only lasts for a moment. Or you can plant the seed of God's word in your heart, use the sword of the Spirit, which is God's word in your mouth, and speak of the situation, and God will move on your behalf. He will show himself strong on your behalf, and you will recover all. It doesn't matter what you lost. God can create it if it's not there. He can make it happen. He can return it. He can restore it. I don't care who you are or what you've lost or what's been stolen. God can get it back to you. Amen? But you got to have his word in your heart and you got to let it out your mouth. Amen. Throwing stones never solves anything. It's a lot of fun. I remember one time, me and my two brothers, probably shouldn't tell you the story. We were visiting some friends and uh, in their backyard they had this old, uh, what do you call it? those glass houses that they put the plants and stuff in? 
greenhouse. Thank you. And some of the windows are broken, so we thought, hey, what the heck, you know? We'll help them with the rest of them. So me and my brothers were out there, we're, we're chunking stones through the, the glass, and we just had a blast, man, until my dad found out. So throwing stones doesn't really solve anything. It, it really hurt. It really hurt. So right where you're sitting, how are we going to respond right now? How are we going to respond? I think we need to have opportunity to respond because, you know, unless you've been out of the country, and even if you were, you were going through the same thing, we've been under COVID-19 oppression, suppression, lockdown, whatever you want to call it, for the last six months. And a lot of people have lost some things. A lot of people have had things stolen from them, so to speak, whether it was their sleep or their peace or their finances or their jobs. And then I don't know how you responded. You might have allowed yourself to get in an ugly mood. You might have thrown some things, you know, some words, said some things that you probably shouldn't have. So right where you are right now, I want you to just close your eyes. It's between you and God. And as I begin to pray for you, I want you to respond to God from your heart. He can hear your heart. He knows whether you mean it or you don't mean it. So, Father, we just respond to this message this morning. We saw the situation about David and his men, that the enemy had come in and burned everything and stolen everything. And, God, it's kind of been like that for us in some degree the last six months. And we're interested in this recovery kit that you provided for us, which is your word, your holy written word. And God, some of us, we've been guilty of allowing ourselves to be in an ugly mood. And we've picked up stones and we've thrown them at our problem, at the situation. And it really didn't get us anywhere. We just ask you to forgive us right now. Lord, we repent of that. We repent of allowing ourselves to yield to that attitude of ugliness and throwing stones. And God, we purpose to once again, anew, afresh, pick up your word, to look upon it with our own eyes, to hear it with our own ears, and to allow it to get into our heart. We purpose to meditate upon it, to practice it, to study it, to read your word. And God, we purpose when the times get tough, when the tests and the trials come, to stand up in faith and to count all joy and say, this is just another opportunity for you, God, to show yourself strong on my behalf. And so, God, I speak your word over this situation. I speak life over this situation, that you are the great I am. Whatever I need, you are that. You are the provider. You are the healer. You are the restorer. And I thank you, God, that as we begin to do that, we shall recover all. And we will walk in the fullness of every blessing that you have in store for us. We choose to encourage ourselves in you. We choose to worship you. We choose to praise you, to give you thanks in every situation. It says in the Psalms that those that give you praise and thanks glorify you. And that's our heart's desire, is to glorify you here this morning. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Did you get anything out of it this morning? Hallelujah.